BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Doug, Doug, Doug. Yes? <laughs> it's my name don't wear it out that's our name don't wear it out uh, I thought we were having technical difficulties <laughs> <laughs> nope did you think there might be more after three I might have kept going I thought you were maybe going to say something else oh I see like Doug 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 and I've then got, yeah. I've got big news yeah. see, so that's what <laughs> would normally happen is you'd go ahead and start talking <laughs> At that time you laid back. It's the unpredictability of it that's part of the fun. I uh said your name three times as a way of getting into our, our guest today because uh he played Beetlejuice on Broadway. Oh. And so I said Doug three times to see if you would uh if that would make you appear. <laughs> um Am I but, there? Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, you're uh-huh. there in my heart, and you're there on this Zoom call. And uh, the dude's name is Alex Brightman. He's been a, a friend of mine for a bit. I, I think we started off as both being fans of each other. And uh, now he's playing Richard Dreyfus in The Shark is Broken on Broadway. What a name. <laughs> <laughs> I just think such a cool name Which, for the behind the scenes. I love it. Oh, I see. I didn't know if you meant uh, Alex Brightman or Richard Dreyfus or the Shark. <laughs> All three. I was saying Shark is Brookman. No, broken. which one was the coolest name? Um, <laughs> it's Tuesday, September 7th, 2023. Let's go to work. Later. Hello, Alex Brightman. How are you? I'm good. I'm really energized by that theme song. Right? <laughs> yeah. We, really well, we, like want. Put, we want people to be really amped up before just talking about themselves for an hour. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, glad we got you there. I'm glad we got you juiced and uh, pumped and yep. all those other things. Because you have a show to do tonight, correct? I do. In two hours, I will be in front of 800 people. So, oh my God. Um, yeah, we'll be, I'm in the theater currently right now doing this. And so, yeah, I'm uh, about an hour and a half. I got to get into a blonde wig and a blonde mustache and beard to play Richard Dreyfus. 
<laughs> yeah, he was more of like it was because he was in the sun all the time. Is that why his hair was blonde? Because Dickie Dickie D was never an actual blonde, right? Right. Yeah, I think that, and I'm more, you know, strictly more in this show, much more of like a dirty strawberry sun bleached blonde, and they give me a fake sunburn as well, which I think is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least he, and then, at least you're not playing him in Close Encounters because then you'd have to have the sunburn on just one side of your face. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so okay, so two hours until uh, curtain and. Uh, but you're just like uh, super you can do stuff like this before showtime. You don't have like a long regimen of exercises and stuff. I not for a play. This is the first play I've ever done on Broadway. And so for musicals, I'd have probably this would not be happening at this time because I'd probably have some time to do like vocal warm ups and getting into crazy costumes and microphones. But plays require much less of you like technically. So. Yeah, so it's a. Uh it's more chill i I like it i like the uh people from musicals getting to do plays from time to time you know like, you like it i still love being, it <laughs> still be the game but get to relax a little bit like it's still uh gotta be nerve-wracking going out there and because you're at 90 minutes in, in a boat with two other actors that's right and it's and the stuff we pack into those 90 minutes it's like more i've been more exhausted doing this show than i have in most musicals i've done just because there's no let up wow. and just because there's no real like crutch and i say that really loosely of like being able to like you know tantalize with a song if the acting's not going well <laughs> so this is one of those where you know it's like if i'm not acting well i'm just not acting well in front of these people so it's uh it is like a different kind of muscle that i'm flexing but i'm I'm thrilled i'm really happy they took a shot on me to do this and it just sounds like from what i've heard i can't wait to see it but i've just heard that uh yeah i get the impression that the interplay between those three actors similar to their work on screen is just pretty entertaining yeah a lot of brutality <laughs> especially from you know there's that you know sort of storied feud between robert shaw and richard dreyfus and it's really shown with no real soft edges uh in this show i get pretty physically brutalized verbally you know brutalized in the show because they just didn't like each other on set which i think part of wow. it made for great chemistry you know part of it made for like the chemistry you see on screen about how they're kind of at each other's necks and Part of it is because Robert Shaw genuinely would lean in to Richard Dreyfus before they called action and just said, mind your mannerisms, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing that's got to be crazy to be in your shoes and go toe to toe every night with the, the uh, for the other Doug, by the way, this is Doug Mellard, uh, my Hello. Uh, co-host and stand up comedy friend. What's up? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, just to catch him up on it, if he didn't know, yeah. uh, uh, Robert Shaw's actual son wrote co-wrote this play and is plays the the role. Oh, I uh, knew he was in it. I didn't know he wrote it. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So he wrote he has it. To... Uh, he wrote it actually. Just this, I find this to be fascinating. All the time I say it is that it's he found 
to be an interesting story. Of course it is, because we all know what the story is. Um, but he also found his father's drinking journal, which I didn't know was a real thing. And is a, it's a basically a notebook that chronicled his time during Jaws and a little maybe before and after about drinks he didn't drink, drinks he wished he drank, drinks he failed on not drinking. And then he would write kind of, uh, you know, paragraphs about... Sounds like a about... Wumba song. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, I guess, I guess, you know, I guess truly it is like an I, I get knocked down, but I get up again kind of thing. Um, uh, but he really does. He took a lot of like uh, source material from that as well, just to like get to know his father and his real struggle with alcoholism that he really touches on in the show, too, which I think is like the bravest part of it all, that he's showing his dad in exactly the light he was. Mm. Yeah, which has got to be downright scary because you grew up watching that movie and even just as a viewer, you found his character intimidating. Yeah, right. And then now you're face to face with a guy that looks just like him. <laughs> That's right. You know, and even kind of a more fit version of him, if I dare say. Oh, uh, yeah, you're you're able to say that. I got to say, sometimes on stage, because of how crazy and brutal this is there, we, we hug before and after the show. And I think that became kind of routine. But I think it's really important, actually, because there are moments where I'm on stage as, you know, Richard Dreyfus, but I'm still me. And he's, you know, saying these awful things and giving me these awful looks. And part of you as an actor goes like, this is to Richard, right? This isn't to me. <laughs> so I kind of get a sense of like, you know, this is an intense uh, genealogy. You know, it's an intense gene. Um, so yeah, feel it every night for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. I love it. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see it. And uh, have you seen the Barbie movie? Not to sound like I'm just changing subjects wildly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was, I was expecting I was expecting the weather next. If I didn't realize I was being so boring. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't had the Start singing. To see it. It's taking. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't seen anything. I've been really locked up into this kind of play. And wonderfully, I've just been really all consumed by it. So, no, I haven't. Well, have you looked at the clock uh, in the last few moments? Have I looked at the it's clock? Time, it's, yeah, because it's time for you to do your 11 o'clock number. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck asking you to think, hey, but seriously, uh, the Barbie movie, you said yes, you saw it? No, I haven't. I wish I did. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it doesn't matter if you've seen it or not, but I just want to say that, you know, your show is called The Shark is Broken. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the can the people in marketing over there can have some fun with uh, you oh. know, everybody's, everybody's riding the wave that is Barbie. You right. Can, I know what you're going to say. You could say it's... <laughs> Yeah, the the shark is a bro, Ken. Ken, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I actually think there is something somewhere, maybe not even from our advertising department. I think somebody else has latched onto that somewhere. But yes, no, I have heard the uh, the Ken of it all. I always think oh, I'm so clever when I come up with these things, and there's you know people that have people have thought of it and rejected it already. Well, I remember when I first met you. I remember you were you were working out uh, "Take My Wife, Please," and I had to tell you that that was actually something that already had been written. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I just wanted to more just try to get a more polite version out there. <laughs> uh, take my wife. I beg you. <laughs> if you uh, wouldn't mind. <laughs> Good, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, we met because uh, you were on my one of my other podcasts, Doug Loves Movies. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I've been on a couple times. Yeah. But that's like. We I reached out to you on social media and was like, yep. hey, I'm doing it in New York. Would you be a guest? 
Yeah, because I think you'd seen either one of the shows I was in or you were planning on coming. And I was already such a fan of yours that I it was one of those first moments I had on Broadway where I was like, oh, cool. Like, cool people that I like are going to reach out. That's nice. Well, I um, hope yeah. that more people and cooler ones have reached out in the interim. But uh, <laughs> I was very excited because, yes, I was already a fan from a School of Rock, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Beetlejuice was happening and I saw Beetlejuice in when you started doing it in uh, DC that's right the, uh, before going to Broadway i saw it in DC and then i think that's the collision there was then you were in new york on broadway i did it on a monday when you had the night off and then i think i, think I joined you i joined you in philly one time um i think i did i joined you in philly at like the punchline i think or something like that i can't remember uh, helium was probably helium in philly. it was helium it was helium that's right <laughs> that's, right. that's amazing i can't, yeah. i totally forgot about that one it was me and i was the first time i met doogie horner as well <laughs> oh there you go yeah. everybody's got to meet doogie is the <laughs> you know the show is this show's called what wide world of dogs and he's sort of uh yeah he's you a know, it, it, yeah, he's kind of an honorary Doug, even though Doogie, in his case, is not uh, a nickname for Doug. That's that's oh. not where that's not where it came from. I didn't know that. It's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, that is shocking. Yeah, I knew it like for years, and every time I'd see him again, I I you know make some reference to him being a Doug, and he'd be like, "No." I was just it. thought it was short for Douglas. <laughs> yeah, which uh, <laughs> you know would be a really cool name, and I, yeah. I might. I might have mine legally changed. <laughs> so uh, we met when you did the show there uh, yep. and I was coming through. And then since then, here's the crazy thing is that's wild to me is I've seen you on stage in three different shows and I'm about to see you in a fourth. And uh, three of them are musicals and one isn't. But all of them, it seems your entire career is uh, motion pictures turned into stage shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess most of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which can't, I'm sure no other Broadway performer can really say that. Without any shows under their right. belt, you'd be in other like types of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just to always be in, and it's not, because it's not a specific genre, because obviously each of the movies is a different yeah. kind of movie. Right. I've never thought about that actually. Um, that's fascinating. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought about it that way. That, and also, I never, I'm really flattered. I've only been in seven Broadway shows, really, and I, you've seen four of them. <laughs> You're honest, it's like crazy. Um, well, but, you know, I'm including, even though oh, Spam a lot, Broadway, yes, yeah, Spam a lot is was I got to see that in that's DC, right. and uh, but of course, uh, you're you're when that comes to New York, you're in this show, The Shark is Broken. Yes. Um, you know, and who knows? I don't know if the, what the future holds for that is me being in it in the future, but I, my hope is to eventually get back to doing it. Um, but yeah, it I, feels I just like a, to... it feels like a very fun show to uh, just continue to rotate cast members in much like what they've been doing with the little shop of horrors. I couldn't agree more. Um, again, based on a movie, I'd go into that too. <laughs> um, but I, uh, <laughs> I really, you know, I try to think of other people that have done this. I'm just, I guess, I really, what I'm taking out of that is, I'm really flattered that people would trust me with the source material. So I'm really, um, I guess, I'm really honored to hear that. Actually, well, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that's been impressive is that with the case of being Jack Black or Michael Keaton, and and now. Uh, 
like those two, you you made those rules your own, but now with Richard Dreyfus, you need the the point is to be as Richard Dreyfusy as possible. Yes, the accuracy <laughs> part has been its own kind of rehearsal process. It's going back and being in a mirror more than I would have ever liked. <laughs> well, I hope you have the hat on and you know beard going, and that makes know, it easier for sure. Really but feeling it, it. It's the voice and the mannerisms and. I mean, I have the inherent Jewishness down, so, uh, but everything else I had to kind of figure out. Um, I guess we have a similar kind of voice, like a little nasally, but I had to kind of figure out what it means to be from Queens and things like that. It's been really fun. It's an ongoing process for me. You'll, I mean, you'll see it kind of in its ongoing process. Well, you know, here's another pitch. Uh, there is a musical version of The Goodbye Girl. It's actually got some pretty good tunes in it. And, uh, you know, you could get that going again. Couldn't be more down. I'll take I'll take on <laughs> the entire canon. I'll do Mr. Holland when I get to a certain place. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the guy is really he racked up some uh, big hits that could all that could all use the uh, the musical touch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. So uh, we're talking, Doug, to the king of movie Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. The K O M B. Yep, and... all hail. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about Broadway all day, but we're here to talk about names. So the first okay. name I'd like to throw out at you is Ned Schneebly, uh, <laughs> because that is the greatest. Of course, that's uh, the character that you play in School of Rock pretends to be Ned Schneebly. Correct, yeah. The so the yeah, yeah and uh, that's my favorite. One of, I've told you this before on Douglas Movies. It's one of my favorite uh, names of a character ever. I it's, I can't agree anymore. I mean, I just I think it's the most bold name to name. It's like if that's like a placeholder name almost. They were going to get a like a more normal sounding one when they actually went to shoot the movie, and they yeah. just kind of forgot about it. And Ned Schneebly kind of came through. It's a great name. <laughs> All you got to do is imagine Mike White saying it, and it's like okay, sold. Yeah, good, completely. I completely agree. Name. That's a great name. <laughs> You nailed it, Mike, when you called yourself that. <laughs> yeah, big fan, Mike. I met him once and I should have told him that. <laughs> I should have thanked him for Schneebly because you have to say it, you know, many times over eight performances a week. And, uh, you know, it must tickle you every time saying it. It's just fun to say. Let me tell you something about that word, though is that I used to have a stutter when I was in elementary school and uh, middle school. It was a pretty severe one that I sort of helped, you know, with therapy and also doing theater really helped. Schneebly is not an easy word for a, uh, a stutterer <laughs> who has every once in a while has a relapse. And so there were certain performances where it almost seemed like a choice, but I was really laying on the S. The SCH took me a little while to get past to the N of Schneebly. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's you a just great hit it pretty name. hard just now when you just said it. Yeah, well, right now I'm, I'm good right now. I'm good right now. I'm good right now. But I but on stage a few times in front of no less than 1,400 people, they got to watch me try to you know stutter my way through, which was always exciting in a live performance. You know, Doug, <laughs> one of my favorite things about Alex is that whenever he's talking about a show, he'll, he can tell you the exact number of seats in that house. Yes, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of a, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> I think I would have that exact same thing. That's, it's uh, it's interesting, and they and also the numbers don't range that wildly. You were 
with right. uh, with Beetlejuice and School of Rock, you were in the the like second biggest house on Broadway, but it was much bigger than most. Yeah, the Winter Garden is huge. Um, yeah, and also I say how many people are in the audience just makes me feel cool. <laughs> so uh, Mike yeah. White, uh, you met him because he popped in on a performance of of School of Rock. Yeah, he popped in. Um, oh, wow. you know, hung out for a little bit, talked to us about, you know, not it, it's it's never as long as you'd want it to be. But you it's always like, you know, people have to go. So it's like <laughs> you don't want to keep people, you know, past this idea. But just got a chance to, like, thank him for the shoes, you know, that I was able to fill. And I got to do the same thing with Jack Black when he when he came. And um, we had a couple people, a few people roll through that and Beetlejuice from the original casts. And so that's always a really cool perk. That's oh, yeah, yeah, that's a super cool perk. There was some real, I you know, I'd see the videos online and uh, some pretty cool people from, well, Jack from Black, those things came through. Jack Black also brought like the greatest date you could ever bring once he finally arrived. It was like seven months into our run. We weren't sure if he was coming to see it. We had no idea. And he came, we found out he was in the audience, but we didn't know that his date was Paul Rudd. <laughs> no, he, it was the, it was a real it was a real two for one after the show and they hung out for an hour they were there for an hour hanging out with the kids making videos on their phones they were amazing <laughs> paul rudd is both those guys are, are super duper nice and yep. uh but paul rudd when his name comes up in association with broadway i always think of that he was in a play with michael shannon and, and ed asner and michael shannon's wife who i apologize for not remembering her name Mm-hmm. And uh, the four of them in this play, uh, and I saw it one night, but I wasn't there the night. Somebody in the balcony just threw up on a bunch of people. In the oh <laughs> yes, that's right. Orchestra. I have heard about this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like this diarrhea plane thing that just happened. Yeah, is it oh, the yeah, same person? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's the, the same it's person. The same person. <laughs> She's always coming out one end or the other. She can't can't take her anywhere. Yeah, that per- uh, she was worried about relevancy. She was worried that her first story was going to start you know, not having <laughs> as much steam. No pun intended. Yeah, I don't know why I made it a woman. I don't know if I I even knew if it was a man or a woman. But uh, but yeah, the just but just to be sitting there watching a Broadway show and then <laughs> and then just get pelted with vomit. That's got to be oh, a from crazy, an crazy upper feeling. story. I mean, that that's some. Gonna gain oh, some yeah. momentum. You would have here, a real you know? splash to it and you'd smell <laughs> it right away. And yeah. And yet some people would look up too soon and get some right in the eye. <laughs> yeah, but also it's just enough distance from the mezzanine to the orchestra where you really can aerate it like a nice wine. Really opens up oh, on the way down. No. It really um, changes its t- flavor. <laughs> Did they stop? I guess they didn't get it stop in your mouth. Right? I think they stopped. There was somebody one time when we were doing I was doing something at the Lakeshore in Chicago, RIP. It's a it's the Laugh Factory now, but hmm. I was doing either stand-up or marijuana logs, but I think it was marijuana logs. And uh somebody like the third row threw up and uh did one of those things where they did like a casual throw up where they didn't ever admit to it. They just sort of passed out in their seat after <laughs> vomiting. And uh you know, once people start smelling it and reacting, like nobody's nobody handles it in a low key way. Yeah. They start to realize there's vomit like at the, at their feet. So, uh, so we took an intermission and and still like it ruined the show because after we came back, there was just no we they just didn't have on hand what they needed to clean it up enough. So oh it, it, it just smelled bad. Oh god! Uh, the only the story, 
The only quick story I can compete with with that is when we did Beetlejuice, there's a line in the show that says, if you die during this evening's performance, uh, the show will not stop. You know, right. the idea of, you know, it's sort of almost like our, our version of a cell phone announcement. And uh, right before the show, one night, like right, like five minutes, not even before the show, somebody passed out, got up, passed out and fell to the ground and completely was out unconscious. So they had oh to stop. The, they had to they had to hold the beginning of the show. Um, and we held it for like 20 minutes because the EMTs had to arrive and they carted this guy away. It was a whole real I mean, you know, it's a lot of people and it's, it's in silence. And then all of the tweets that we got that night was, you guys said you wouldn't stop the show if somebody died. <laughs> so really kind, yeah, kind, caring fans for, for shows. And we did do the show, but it really, we, I guess we were breaking a promise in some way. But uh, I, I'm glad to say that he that he did not pass away, thankfully. Yeah, that's, that's really, you really dodged a bullet there. Although, who yeah. knows? Who knows? I mean, what? <laughs> It shows about afterlife, so you know. Yeah, to the degree, that's what I was say. <laughs> it, would, it would make sense. <laughs> so, who, yeah, who's to say he wasn't there the whole time? It's uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that there's a couple of people, a couple of rubes in the audience that uh, really thought that uh, that was all staged. I'm sure. You know, like <laughs> oh, sure. they had a guy pretend to die before the show just to get everybody. <laughs> freaked out <laughs> yeah totally that, that 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 planned 20 minute wait that we all put into every show for the EMTs <laughs> yeah. to arrive that classic that classic technique to get people really ramped up for a theater show did you ever uh alex get a chance to go out and see uh spider-man turn off the dark i sure did i saw version 1.0 in fact before it closed and had to reopen i saw the very first Ooh, one whoa. so did you see anybody almost die in the theater I the old so when I'm a I'm really uh, I I hate to admit this but you did we all went hoping so you know you go after you hear well so just interested it. like this is kind of more exciting because the guy they're having problems yeah and so nothing <laughs> nothing happened the entire show until the very end when like everyone has been saved and there's like a kind of a you know the Spider Man and Mary Jane have this little moment of romance before he you know ends the show and she kisses him on the cheek and he's in just peter parker gear at this point but you see that he's connected to wires so you know a flying scene's coming and he's at the side of the stage and he you can feel that he's caught up in a wire like he in the scene he's doing he's clearly trying to shake off a wire and it's not working out and she gives him a kiss on the cheek and she says go get him tiger whatever she said and then the music starts wailing and this huge spotlight comes and circles the theater where he's supposed to be. And they pull up the thing and he just doesn't go with it. And he just kind of pulls up a little bit, raises back down, pulls up a little bit, raises back down. It was one of the funniest things I have ever seen on a live stage. And it was worth the entire <laughs> two hours we had spent not seeing anything go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really yeah. wild time to be on Broadway. It was such a strange show because, you know, you'd think the takeaway would be, but the music was good because it was all written by U2, but it's almost like it was written by U2 after they had never considered what, you know, what a Broadway musical even is. I guess I would. I mean, I would love to have been in some of the meetings that was like, we should do this kind of meetings and because I'd be so curious. I'm sure there must have been a reason, good or bad, but there must have been some salient reason why they spent 75 plus million dollars on it. And I just, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you, you start to look at what you do as a job and you're like, 
God, I wish more people would take this a little more seriously sometimes. Because <laughs> it really, it kind of, you know, it splashes across the rest of Broadway. So, you you know, I, I feel responsible sometimes when there are things that people aren't in love with that you go, yeah, why is that a thing? Some people like right? it. It's like being a ride operator at Disneyland. You have to work at a dumb ride. But, you know, you have pride in the whole enterprise. Right. And I'm sure that people that worked on that show and I've been and, and also other shows that, you know, didn't succeed as well is like they feel the agency that they can go and eh, it's kind of an OK show. But if somebody else says your show sucks, you go, hey, wait a minute, that's my show. <laughs> you, know, you do have ownership over whatever you do. So I, I do appreciate that they went for it. I love that in Spider-Man they have uh, there's a, a a quick moment where like a car drives by and the radio is playing a U2 song. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I didn't know that. It just like rubbed. <laughs> well, maybe it was a version I saw, but maybe. it just rubbed in everybody's face. Like, oh, listen to this great U2 song real quick. Uh, <laughs> really would have been really funny if you left the theater and all of a sudden a U2 album was on your phone. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about how come you're not in uh, Back to the Future, the musical? Uh, I'll answer your question with a question. <laughs> Who the hell do you think I would play in it? <laughs> yeah, if you can find me you a role play, that you think I would be good there for. There could be a version where half of, your, half of your makeup is Doc Brown and the other half is Marty and you spin around, you know, playing both roles. You know what? I've never said this before. That's a great idea. <laughs> just because you know you can't you, you're right you're not really right for either right now because you're between but like yeah. uh nonetheless uh i could i could imagine you know especially with when they go to make the movie maybe you could play, play uh you know either the roles through the magic of uh aging or de-aging that they seem to I be am. so in love with these days i'm i'm in I mean, if anyone's <laughs> listening that's making this, I'm totally in. I'm really available. And uh, yeah, I'm in. I haven't seen it yet, though. I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I hear it's like, spectacular. Do you think that, uh, you know, I'll get off of this subject soon, but do you think okay. that the uh, the Beetlejuice 2 movie, does that, what does that do in terms of like the potential for a, a movie version of the Beetlejuice musical? I don't know. I I mean, I, I would I would tell you if I knew something. I, I'm really, first of all, very excited about that movie. But second of all, I, I know that there was like ideas and whispers when we were doing our musical before COVID that we were going to film the show for posterity, which would have been great. Didn't happen. But I know that the writers, uh, all three, uh, Eddie and Anthony and Scott, were thinking about wanting to do an animated musical movie. Oh, um, that's neat. Which I think would be super neat and could really accomplish a lot of the stuff that couldn't really be done on screen in the way they'd want it to. And I think animated would be such a fun thing. So I know that's not dead, no pun intended, but I just haven't heard much you know, about it. But I thought that would have been really cool and only amplified by the Beetlejuice 2 of it all. <laughs> yeah. Why the yeah, hell am that's... I not in that, by the way? I want to be in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK. Well, uh, you know, I'll make a couple of calls. All right. Um, I think they Thanks. finished shooting it. I think. All right, that's okay. When's this? I don't. I was going to say when it's supposed to come out. We're not supposed to promote uh, those things at this time. So, um, oh, right, that's right. Have you got? How see the shark to, is broken. <laughs> exactly. Well, like that's the thing is they're like you know Jessica Lang is like yeah I'll do a play right now. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> I'll I'm, do Broadway. <laughs> like there's going to be some amazing people on Broadway because they're like well I might as well do that. Uh, yeah, Jason Alexander thinks though his theory is a lot of actors are 
not racing to do that because of the long commitment of of yeah. the uh, show and the fear of like the strike ending and then being like quote unquote stuck in you a show. But... Let me speak to that for one second though, because I think that this excuse of oh I don't I don't want to like commit myself to something for a long time. My thing is this: I think there are incredibly talented, talented, talented people that do film and television. But it's not just about getting on stage, and you know, it, it is about doing it eight times a week. It is about doing. It's really strenuous. So I think a lot of the time, like I always think that movie actors and film actors have a tough time doing it, not because of the commitment, but because they don't realize the actual commitment. Even if it is three months, it's eight times a week on Broadway is hard. So I think really, really great people are coming this season who actually can do it. I think like Aubrey Plaza is going to be on Broadway this season or off Broadway, I think. Um, and then Sarah Paulson, obviously, and then Jessica Lang. It's like all these great people that really can do it. So I'm really happy that the right people and not just sort of the gettable people are just trying to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, it hasn't become like uh, there's been waves of it in the past where there's just, some, you know, kind of random uh, stunt casting. And, yeah. Uh, it seems to have leveled off like the I think the fa Broadway fans are so vocal that I think now they, they do they do less embarrassing moves. Yeah, I think they want to see someone be really good at something. I think that getting to getting someone to the theater is one thing. You can put it whatever celebrity you want's name above the title and you'll get a ticket. But word of mouth will go away instantly if the person's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's why most Broadway shows are good, in my opinion. It, you know, is that like, if you look, you look when they're rating them. There's very few that are like one star or a bomb. You know, there's some that the critic just didn't jibe with or whatever. Yeah. But you know, for the most part, it has to be. It just goes through so much to get to that point that it kind of has to. You know, it can't not be good. <laughs> That's what I always say, Doug. I'm not kidding. I say that I think it kind of can't suck because of how much work went into it. I, mean, I don't think you're allowed to say it sucks. You're not allowed. You're allowed to say you don't like it. But I think that there's too much yes. work that goes into these things. Yeah, I wish more critics used "not for me" over "it sucks." Yeah, but, uh, that's right. You know, um, but it's true because I because even the most you know fervent uh, Broadway you know fan has shows they don't like because. What, how do you exalt everything? You know, you got to have some things that are less than so that the things you really love can be, you know, uh, fill your heart the most or whatever. If you made a show that everyone liked, it would suck. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah. We say that all the time about stand-up comedy, especially after a bad set. You're just like, well, you know, if they all loved it, then I, you know, I'd probably be terrible at this. I think it's good to leave people a bit itchy. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I could talk about Broadway all day, but we got to do some uh, adverts. We got to stick some ads in here, so we'll do that, <laughs> and then we'll come back and talk about Alex Brightman and his name, right? Right after this. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we're back to wide world of dogs. We are back, quickest breaks in the business, <laughs> and uh, that's because you guys are great with the finger on the uh, fast forward button. Um, 
All right. So, Doug, do you have any questions about uh, Broadway, Beetlejuice, Jack Black, etc.? <laughs> yeah, just curious if you kind of skimmed over who came out from the original Beetlejuice movie. Oh, yeah. Can you drop sure. a couple of those names? Yeah, sure. I could drop. I'll drop two big ones. I'll drop Gina Davis and I'll drop uh, Catherine O'Hara. They both came. Wow. And they both came on stage afterwards, actually, which was really fun. They came on stage to say hello to the audience, but also when the curtain dropped, they came back and just were great, wonderful hangs. Um, and both exactly who you were hoping they would be. Like that was the yeah. greatest part is that they weren't like toned down versions of like you know they weren't just you know. Uh, these celebrities that know that they're celebrity, they were so great and down to earth. And that was just made it so much more exciting that they were there and they love the show, which was nice. Oh yeah. Catherine's yeah. like royalty. She's the best. She was like, so cool to like every once in a while, look over and be like, that's Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, in the, she's really, uh, she's one of the greats and, and Gina Davis, you know, that uh, uh, I just be like, Holy shit. It's Charlie Baltimore. Hell yeah. Well, I would say it's, um, uh, what's her name uh, from League of Their Own? I can't, Dottie, Dottie Henson. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd say she's, uh, uh, what's her name, whatever she was called, an accidental tourist. All right. Well, I would say that she did a cartoon that nobody heard. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, all right. We're good then on Broadway for now. I'm sure it'll come back up again. I'm sure very soon, but we have some warm up questions before we get to the main event. So let's do that. Starting okay. with what, sir, is your tattoo situation? I have no tattoos. Zero. Uh, zero tattoos. It has no religious reason. I don't I'm not going to be buried in a Jewish cemetery. And so I have no it just I don't have a real reason. I'm not really keen on them. I like when other people have them. I don't have them. That's like the perfect answer, but you know, f from a person who doesn't have them. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, to toss in the part about how you like them, because that's how I am. I, I like a good tattoo. I enjoy it very much, but uh, not for me. I can't uh, can't commit. Yeah, I don't know. I just I have uh, maybe it was like born into me. Like my mom certainly was like I don't think she was like huge on tattoos, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've just it's the same reason I've never smoked a cigarette. I just like didn't I saw I like smelled one when I was young and I was like, no, eh, not for me. That's great. That's really good that you uh, <laughs> avoided that for, for that reason. You know, well, I'm I'm happy because I'm a singer. It just makes me very happy that I ever got involved. But as it, also, I would say this, too. There I, there's a guy in our show, Colin Donnell, who plays Roy Scheider. We're back to Broadway. This has to do with tattoos yes. um, that he has a lot of tattoos and he has like five or six that are a full display, like very thick, like tattoo lines. And because Roy Scheider didn't, you know, really where Colin has them, he has to get here an hour early and they cover them up for the show because he has oh, to. Wow. He, he does like a very famous like Roy Scheider sunbathing scene where you see he's in a Speedo. He's in like a very Roy Scheider black Speedo. And so one of the other reasons I've been thinking about never getting a tattoo is because of that. I have plenty of friends that have to get them covered up for roles. And, oh, sorry. That's the, the theater that they're testing the sound system. Um, so, oh, God. Just give me a sec. Sorry. We can't. It doesn't sound that bad on our end. All right. That's fine. It's just there's a lot of it's it's people talking to each other over a microphone and thinking that they're comedians as well. They're not. Um, so, uh the tattoos the thing. podcast on live <laughs> if you want to test um, the speakers just throw us on <laughs> right 
No, but I just like I think it would it kind of would take me out of a role I think that I would want, and I don't want to have to cover them up. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's uh, yeah, because then you're playing somebody like as you're standing there, whatever costume you have on, like is is scratching up against the the you know bandage or whatever they how, however they covered it or the and makeup like having to wash off makeup off of all your tattoos after it's it's all it's all a lot. I don't understand why actors get tattoos. Yeah, Doug Miller, yeah. Doug has a lot of tattoos, but he's like he's a stand-up comedian, and uh, his biggest acting role to date is play playing a lunatic who would have a lot of tattoos. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of looks fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have one. I don't think I'll yeah. ever get one. I don't have a reason to, so I'm not really big on. Yeah, Doug puts on a dinner jacket, and he looks like an upstanding citizen. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, the only all, time they're all in the right places for that but like yeah actors that are gonna have scenes like that uh it's wild but uh taking yeah, them I, off I, hurts as much as putting them on i'm told so i imagine yeah, yeah i do kind of <laughs> keep them hidden a little bit <laughs> yeah because um, isn't that why isn't that why you got here. isn't that why you got them to keep them hidden doug <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> They're little treats. They're little like, you know, uh, when somebody gets to the bottom of the, of the soup bowl, they get to see a little picture or something. Uh, you know, a little, little dog or something. Uh, okay. Speaking of dogs, have you in your lifetime been in, in the, uh, involved in naming any pets? Uh, yes. I had two dogs growing up that we collectively named Punky and Sadie. Um, so Punky was our, our male dog. Sadie was his sister. So my, I think my brother and I had a hand in this. Um, I don't remember why it was Punky. Everyone thinks it's Brewster, but it's definitely not because it wasn't part of our life. Um, and then our dog, my current dog that I have, who has a humongous fan base, but much bigger than I do for some reason, uh, his name is Kevin. And we, we, that's my, why. <laughs> my that's right. My sister-in-law actually found him um, on the streets of Oklahoma City. He was a pure stray dog, and she kind of named him because she's always wanted a dog named Kevin. But we she sort of checked in with us, and we got to when we took him out of the shelter. Once he got all this stuff, and we decided we were going to keep him, we you know really doubled down on Kevin, and it's just been the greatest gift. Like he's a great dog, but every time everyone hears his name is Kevin, it's like a whole different thing. We love it. <laughs> so good he's the best it's so funny without being strenuous because like also i enjoy the ones where the name is just uh, ridiculous you know like uh um <laughs> uh what's oh somebody i know i think their dog is something like mayor cutie or something like that yeah it's just uh, stuff like where they give the dogs a title and stuff is always funny. i like the first with... yeah go ahead we came up with one a few weeks ago, Mr. Tomato, and I'm still laughing at that. That's so silly. <laughs> I like I like a first and last name. Like I know someone in our neighborhood that has a, a bulldog um, named Winston Churchill. And then I know someone who has uh, a small dog, my friend, uh, Anna, Anna Roisman, who's a comedian. I think you know. Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her dog is named Bobby Flay. Yep, never, <laughs> I've never, it never ceases to confuse me. Yeah, I do. I, uh, discussing I, yeah. her dog. <laughs> yeah, I same. I, I've always, it always takes me a second. I, and I always want to say, how do you know Bobby Flay? Every time she talks to me about it, um, it's her dog. <laughs> yeah, so be like, Bobby Flay isn't eating lately. And I'll be like, what? Why do you care? <laughs> yeah, why, why does that affect you? 
<laughs> it'd be really um, weird. It'd be really weird if she was like Bobby Flay's back with Stephanie March. Um, because right? that, you know that would be, and then there's a like a Shih Tzu named Stephanie March would be even funnier. Um, I love it. Uh, thoughts and prayers though for for the Bobby Flay the dog because uh, the dogs had some health issues. But oh, that's I think, right. That's right. I, think, I think things are good now though. I think. But right. you never know. Never hurts to think about yeah. doggies dogs. like that. Uh, love, so Kevin though, Kevin though doesn't need a last name because it's just it's just so terribly perfect. I agree. Uh, it's bring us a know. lot of joy. Yeah, a friend of mine has a dog, a little uh, Chihuahua named Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> we found a dog in Central perfect. Park named Mervin. Um, oh, no. and it was like the perfect, I was like, I was like, did you just say what I thought you did? It was this little, uh, you know, wonderfully ugly, cute dog named Mervin. <laughs> perfect. It sounds like such a nerd. Yeah, totally. Uh, such a little nerd. All right. So those are great. All those, uh, dog names, naming stories are great. <laughs> what about, are you a person in your life who's had a car or a boat or, you know, anything surfboard? That you uh, gave some sort of name to, like, yeah, addressed it with a name regularly. Absolutely, um, I had a, a Volvo, like a, a <laughs> one of those like tank-looking Volvos, um, that was white, and I named him Winthrop the White. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't manufacture that one for comedy. That's real. Um, and so that was why well, I had totaled my car before that. And it was a green Volvo. And I can't for the life of me remember what the green one was called. Um, but I had Winthrop for, for far longer than that. And then I have a car now with my wife and the car's name is Sassanac, which means Outlander. Cause we like the show Outlander. <laughs> all right. Well, let's back up a second. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. You didn't get no, all that in okay. one shot. Okay. No, no, I got it. But I, I, uh, I appreciated the second part, but I have a follow up about the first. Mm. Um, I have a theory about uh, the name Winthrop. Yeah. Uh, do you think you got that name from the stuttering child in the Music Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think I we I think it must. That's uh, the only reason that had to have been in my head. All I want, right? I, I yeah, I would. I, you know, what's funny. I feel like I'm in therapy right now because like that really is something I've never thought about until you brought it up. <laughs> um, and that I love musicals and I used to stutter, but I think my, my reason for the Winthrop of it all was that it was, I wanted to be like something, the white, you know, like Winthrop, the white felt like off the tongue good. But now that yeah. you're saying this, man, I bet it is deeper than that. I bet it was because I was a young stuttering child. And there's no reason other than that, uh, you know, like movie or show for you to even know that name. Cause nobody goes around with the name Winthrop. Oh, for sure. I knew the name Winthrop from the Music Man, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't I can't even begin to tell you how uh, my life has just changed in this moment. I have to go back and think about this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what that's not Ronnie, little Ronnie Howard. What he says Winthrop and has a hard time saying it. Right. Or is his name Winthrop? No, his name is Winthrop. His name, his name is, is Winthrop. his name is Andy, Winthrop. And he has a hard time saying it. Yeah. Yeah, he has a hard time saying he has a couple of couple of different compounded speech impediments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on Broadway, you had good old Hugh Jackman going, "I saw Roy." <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um... <laughs> That's all right, Winthrop. Yeah. It was crazy okay. to see Harold Hill do the Berserker. 
Um, okay, I, I, now we're back on Broadway. Okay, sorry. What, what does the cast and crew of The Shark is Broken call it amongst themselves? Because you can't, can't say the whole title every time. It's pretty boring, this answer. Everyone just says, how's the shark? Um, yeah, uh, I thought as... that might be the keyword. Yeah, I got to, you know, again, uh-huh. people are like, and then we got to be at the shark by five or we got to be at the, you know, the sh- whatever. Or people ask me, my friends will ask me outside of the show, you know, is the shark still broken? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it turns out it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call it the shark. In text messages, easier too. Yeah, no, I knew you had to get it down to something. And I was, you know, T-Sib, that doesn't seem that uh, that great. Although that's and what then, comes uh, in on my emails. T-Sib is on yeah, the emails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. T-Sib. T-Sib is on the emails. Uh, but broke also is a fun word to say. That's true. Uh, in casual conversation. Are you ready, to, are you ready for broke? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the only <laughs> other words to be used would be the and is, which is not really that great. No, no, that really no one knows what the hell you're talking about. Well, because that's in a lot of that's in a lot of titles. So I could be talking about a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's those are the warm up questions. And uh, right. let me look. Let me glance at the clock. Oh, we're almost out of time. Great. So let's talk about your name one part at a time, as much okay. as we can get through. Sure. Starting with your first name. What are your thoughts about growing up, Alex? I had ambivalence about growing up, Alex. Uh, my my mom wanted to name me Alex because she didn't like the name Alexander because she didn't want to be called Xander. Um, and so when my mom said his name's Alex, a nurse decided to take it upon themselves to write Alexander. So on everything that oh. I own is Alexander, but nobody calls me that. Nobody's ever called me that. Um, and it's not really what I go by. I didn't like my name for a long time for what for absolutely no reason. I just didn't like the way it sounded. It sounded too weird. I like normal names and like, you know, so in third grade or something like that, I changed my name for a day or two um, to Brandon. Um, That's this is all real. This is I changed. I decided I didn't want to be Alex anymore. I just thought like if I told enough people. Uh, I wouldn't have to be Alex anymore. So I told, I got up in front of the class. I'd asked the teacher if I could do like two minutes and I could just get everyone's attention. And I told them, I said, I'm kind of going by Brandon now. So if you could call me Brandon for the, for the rest of my life, that would be great. And then about a day and a half in, I was, you just was answering to Alex again. <laughs> so it just, it kind of didn't <laughs> stick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love my name now, but I did not uh, really care for it. I didn't really understand I don't know. It didn't feel like me for a while. Did you think, uh, uh, did you probably come up with Brandon because of the uh, alliteration with Brightman? I, this is going to be so embarrassing. Is that <laughs> I, and I'm really hoping you were going to skip right to my middle name. Uh, but my, uh, the, the reason I did it was because I had a friend named Brandon who I thought was cool. Uh, nice. And I said, and I figured that like cool coolness was like part of like if your name could like feed you coolness. I was like, well, Brandon, he's cool. And uh, so I wanted how did he feel you. about it? I I don't. It's a great question. Do you have him here now? Is he the next guy? <laughs> Is he? Can, um, I don't know. We're. I mean, we were really good friends all through you know middle and uh, middle school and all that. So I'm I'm sure he didn't have. A, I'm sure he didn't hear about it. That's how short it didn't happen. You know, I'm sure it's like I was there for like a lunch period and finally someone went like, hey, Alex, and I answered to it and then it was over. 
<laughs> well, I thought of a good like play or book title um, based on what you were just talking about. <laughs> Accidental Alexander. Oh, I love that. Right? It's I do. I really love that. To it, I think. Yeah. Yes, I really love that. <laughs> you didn't mean to be an Alexander, but that might be, you know, that could play into the whole becoming an actor because you've uh, you've sort of like been given one title, but behaved in, in, like another. That's totally that's I love that, actually. I really like that title. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's yours to keep. Yeah. You know, we don't pay <laughs> people you. to come on here. We just give them titles. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Wait until the end. I'll give you an anagram of your name. You're going to love it. Oh, I can't wait. Is that real? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't wait. That's real. I really can't wait for that, actually. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not that good. All right. Okay. So <laughs> I'll tell you, I've been doing anagrams of people's names. And when, you know, because ever since I saw uh, Kimberly Akimbo. Right. We're back and, to Broadway. Yeah. And um, so I like doing anagrams of the guests' names. But when somebody's <laughs> got like x or a z yeah new any of those ones towards the very back end uh you really get into uh some trouble because you, you know you have to include every letter so it's yeah. hard to find enough words you can, but you can blame my mom for that yeah all right well we'll get to her in a minute okay uh i just love this whole this whole alexander plot if you will about how how, how just like you know it's always a great story for anybody to have like some sort of mistake yeah. on the birth certificate that stuck. Yeah. Basically it's what happened. And then I just, you know, now I have to say it when I actually travel like internationally, I can't say Alex. Like that's the details of a character played by John Cusack in a rom-com. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, and then, you know, uh, Alex, uh, I, you know, I always try to think of famous people that, uh, you know, may have been, uh, you know, in your world or people might have referenced to you when they hear the name Alex. And I, I guess one of my top ones is Alex Trebek. Sure. Uh, Do you ever get hear much about him ever? I mean, only from the television when I watched it, but uh no, not really. Well, you weren't ever uh, like, hey, I'm also an Alex. Because like I've had very few Dougs to relate to on TV. But like, how'd you feel about like, did he seem like an Alex to you? Yeah, I, although I got to be to be candid. I did think his name for a long time was Alec. Um, I thought his name was Alec Trebek for a very long time. Way, way longer than I'm. That's why admit. you're so cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I have like Alexander the Great, um, which is which I remember the being a thing that I remember being like, okay, Alexander Hamilton, Graham Bell. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's a lot of owls too, I guess that were interesting, but I guess Alex is different. Alex Lifeson, I guess what he's, you know, is, right. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. rush. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alex Lifeson was rush. Yeah. Um, and then there's Alex's I don't like, you know, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. And there's also, but there, I was going to ask you about, what do you think the percentage is in terms of confusion over Alex Alec in your, you know, day-to-day -day life? Like, like, like when you're ordering a coffee or whatever. Pretty low. Um, I'll only, cause I have a really, I'm very articulate. I like very, I like pride <laughs> myself on being incredibly like uh, enunciating <laughs> and all that. So I, cause I, as an actor, I, it's one of my least favorite things when somebody is not enunciating. So typically my Starbucks orders say Alex with an X on it. Uh, but yeah, 
every once in a while there's an alec uh, right are they are rude or, or they thought you said a alec apostrophe s you know alex yeah 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 exactly <laughs> this is alex coffee that's my coffee that's alex's yeah. coffee <laughs> that's, yeah exactly <laughs> um, that is a it is an interesting name you know to uh, pluralize when someone when referring to you as like that's Alex's. Have you gone to see Alex's show? Mm-hmm. I, I always never know what to do with that. Like, because I think you got to do apostrophe es. Well, that's Alex that was just going to say that is that it looks apostrophe s looks odd, doesn't it? But apostrophe yeah. es is not correct. It's apostrophe s. It's just apostrophe s. Yeah, yeah. Alex is. Yeah, <laughs> I live. I live or in Alex constant is. hell because of this name. <laughs> I thought maybe I was going to take a guess that uh, Alex was short for Alex Caliber. Oh yeah, well it's not. That sounds like very you know. <laughs> that sounds like a very a spam a lot uh, name. Alex Caliber. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like. I'm sure. By the way, I'm sure that if I was going to be doing spam a lot, that that would have made it into my opening night cards. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's still May. It's still May if I find, if I throw some cards their way on opening night. Alex, yeah, I like a lot. yeah, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. That's what I'm. That's all I'm here for. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you the Santa Graham. I right, can't wait. Got a couple minutes. We got a couple more minutes because we got to get the big reveal of what is Alex Brightman's middle name. Oh yeah, is that is this the time? Yes, please. My middle name is Michael. Okay. Um, good night, everyone. Uh, <laughs> what do you What do you, you want to know about why? I imagine. Well, um, no, I just let me look at it for a second. We got uh, Alex, No Xander, Michael, Alex, Michael Brightman. Well, I do love two syllable, two syllable, two syllable. Yeah. So it's got a nice flow to it. Sounds yep. a little uh, law firmy. It does. <laughs> uh, you know, it does sound it's it's classy. It's definitely all of it's very classy. And then yeah. the initials don't really amount to anything worth, you know, like if it said amb on something you were wearing, people would be like, What's amb? Or it looks like I'm I had like a shirt that said lamb on it. Yeah. And the L fell off. Right. <laughs> yeah. What happened to your L? Yeah. Um, it's right here. And then you do the L on your forehead at them. You really you burn them so good. I get all my best I get all my best burns from Doug Benson on these podcasts. I'm gonna use that from now on. <laughs> it's nothing like planning those burns in advance. Hell yeah. Uh you just create a situation where you can <laughs> yeah, make right, a burn. Reverse engineer it so I can do it. Yeah. Um all right. And then, well, that's the next thing I wanted to ask you about is, oh, you, you can tell us why, Michael, if, if you want to. Is, is oh, it... it's a very simple, there's no story to it. It was my dad's dad, but my dad, dad yeah. died when he was 16. And so he wanted his name to live on in some way. So his dad's name was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's living that's on it. in this in this weird way where like it only comes up on uh, driver's licenses and podcasts. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. As was intended. (laughs) Middle names are the most like, you know, really thoughtful like that or just so tossed off. And it's like such a wild uh, mix of all of it. But getting to your last name, because we are almost out of time is. Sure. So so Brightman, uh, that just amuses me to no end because, you know, not only is there, you know, in fact, 
a, a woman who's you know very much a, a big name in musical theater. I'd I dare say has kind of grown beyond musical theater, and people yeah. who don't even follow Broadway know who she is. Named mm-hmm. Sarah Brightman, who you are of absolutely no relation to. That is correct, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> She's dead to you. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead to me, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's insane. But like at, at the, you know, I mean, so uh, she was. What what would you call her? Would you call her Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's muse? Yeah, I think I think that's what kind of most people know her for. She was the original Christine in Phantom of the Opera. She's a huge recording artist in the UK. I mean, she still kind of is. Um, And, you know, was this big Broadway presence, huge diva kind of like presence, big voice, big personality. Clearly, I mean, a perfect Christine for Phantom. But yeah, that was that was how many people know her was was that. Yeah. And so that was like she was at the top of her fame when you were like five or something. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty young. And then. Yeah. So like. But the whole time that you've been an actor and in theater, aren't people constantly pointing that out to you? That that's such a wild coincidence, especially because you're in musical theater and so adept at it. So so first of all, constantly with a capital C for all the time <laughs> since I was a kid. Doing theater. But then it got to the point where when I did School of Rock, we did the uh, kind of cast announcement where they announced me that I was playing it. Andrew Lloyd, this is on video somewhere. Andrew Lloyd Webber said, uh, not only am I so thrilled to say that Alex Brightman will be playing Dewey Finn, but I'm doubly thrilled to announce that I have no intention whatsoever of marrying him. Is what he said, in, in, you know, in the in relation to the idea of Sarah Brightman, and I was like, so. And yeah. then there was this page six article that came out right after that that said he's the right age to be their kid. You know, like it would be it became this whole weird oh. thing. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, it was. It's all. It's gonna follow me, I imagine, for a while. But you know, it, well, could you I just no, admit no it on this show just to get us some press that you yes. are their child? <laughs> yes, mom, dad, if you're listening. Um, it, by the way, if I was their child, I would be so wealthy and I'm so clearly not. And I wish that uh, we were related in some way. <laughs> this is going to blow your mind. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's father's first name is Michael. Is that real? I just made it up because I were definitely related. <laughs> blow your mind. <laughs> that's 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 not fair. Yeah, that was mean. That was mean. Um, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was, that's, uh, you know, a, a great and, and wild coincidence. And so then, um, how often would you interact with Andrew Lloyd Webber? A lot. He was there every day, wow. um, of the process, which I did not expect. I expect someone like that to come in and be like, do my work. And then you do it because he's so huge. He was there every single day, just like any other scared composer hoping his show was good. Like, I think that was what I really admired about him, honestly, is that he was just there to make the show good. He wasn't there to, like, be a presence. And he was anyway, but like he wasn't he wasn't trying to be. He really wanted the show to work. And I really to this day, I always think about that and go, wow, that is like really cool because he already he could have retired 40, 50 years ago. And he was just just as ambitious as he was then. And uh, so it's really cool to see that. Yeah. And the finished product is uh, not nearly as uh, like, you know, say what you will about everything else he did. But a word that could come to mind is like kind of uh, uh, stuffy or even like, you know, maybe elegant. And sure. uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that, that's not the, the show. They, it was really delightful that the show 
was, at, you know, basically a very excellent representation of the movie and more more like that than than, uh, you know, say. Uh, his other work <laughs> sure but i also think it's easy it's hard it's easy to forget that he sort of slightly invented the rock musical i mean like he did jesus sure. star he's a real reverence for rock and roll so like yeah the rock love of it all kind of like was really fun to watch it carry through school of rock even though he has this history of doing much more like lofty kind of what you said like sort of fanciful kind of stuff I think some of the best music education you could throw in front of a young person is whenever Jack Black is discussing music in, in the movie, uh, in the movie version. And then you uh, do that on the stage version with, you know, and this is another thing, Doug Miller, did you know that he was in this Broadway show with a bunch of ki actual kids and they actually played all of their instruments? Yep. Oh my god! Every yeah. every single note, every note yeah. was played live by our wow. children. They'd have to make an announcement before the show. Yeah, people just love to assume everything's fake. Yes, they wow. had, to, and that was put in late. By the way, that that's how real it was. Is we put that house announcement in late because people were coming <laughs> and saying it sounded too good. So people were like, "Well, clearly it's a recording." But these kids were <laughs> such like such masterful musicians that they had to put a sort of a disclaimer at the top. It was like no winning. It was like, you know, people, you know, you see something that's too good. You can't believe it's real. How was the show? Oh, the music was fake from the kids yeah. and the people weren't really dying. I don't think that guy's name was really Alexander. I think it's Alex. <laughs> you mixed up two different shows, Doug, but we have to, uh, we have to skedaddle. Uh, but right. This has been so much fun. And here's your anagram. Oh, yes. Here's your goodbye gift. Uh, you can switch around the letters of uh, Alex Brightman to spell bring a latex ham. Is that real? <laughs> that's amazing. That's, fan that's, fan that's a great one. Okay, I, that's that's one. I, now I'm, all I'm it. thinking about is the potential when you add Michael to it. Now it's going to be even, you know, I'm going to go do that on my own. You've inspired me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, fun thing to do, but um, great. A uh, fun thing to do that isn't weird is go see The Shark is Broken at the... Which one of the theaters is it at? It's at the John Golden Theater on 45th Street. Oh, good old Johnny G's Theater. Yeah, that's right. Where they can change that one to a, a modern a actor, actress, or director that everybody knows. Yeah, The Shark is B at the Johnny G. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? They keep sweeping through and renaming the theaters. And I'm just like, isn't that supposed to be permanent? I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a very weird. It's a very strange thing. I'm I'm just hoping I live long enough to be one of those. Right. You want know. your name to be there instead of people are finally sick of Al Hirschfeld. He was never in a show. I'm hoping um, just from my legacy, it'll be it'll be the Winter Brightman. That's what I'm hoping. I'm happy. I don't like I don't dislike that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's do it. Okay. Um, you bring this spray, spray paint. I'll bring the ladder. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> What's the next massive show going in there? Do you know? No, I think I think Back to the Future is going to be there for quite a while. Oh, it's already there. That's right. Yeah, That's right. I think it's going to be there for a minute. It had to be there, right? Because the, the car is pretty much real sized. Yeah, they only had it there. I mean, really, they had one, maybe two options, but the Winter Garden was the prime space because of, of how much there's so much space up up above and down below. Do you think Wicked will ever close? I don't think in either of our lifetimes. Right. 
I don't think so. I mean, I just as long as there are families that live on Earth, I think that Wicked will be uh, <laughs> open for business. Yeah, and as great as all Broadway shows are, to open one up that could that could fill those seats at every show, that's a that's a tall order because that's that's the biggest house on Broadway, right? Yeah, if you want the numbers, I have them. It's around two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's right around a little little above two a little above two k. Yeah, um, and those, yep. And those long ass aisles. So whenever somebody needs to get up, they have to disrupt everybody. Yeah, it's really fun to see. I was in the show for two years. It was really fun to see that happening mid any serious scene, watching somebody scoot their way for five minutes through an aisle. Oh, it's uh, the place Death. is massive. That's crazy. Uh, but did you were the like the flying monkey wings uncomfortable, or did you <laughs> get used I to was... it? I wasn't in those, but oh, professionally. But I, every once, every once in a while, I would, I would have a little drink and I would put them on for just for me. Did you keep that in your drink journal? Yeah, yeah, right. Very good. <laughs> All right. So wait a second. Okay. So now they're turning Wicked into a movie. So in a sense, you've been involved in another one that's a movie. Oh yeah, this yeah, uh, director. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But what? Okay. So just before we go, real quick, what? So those uh, four shows I met, you said you've been in seven Broadway shows? Yes. So which three am I missing? Or never bit, saw? Well, I think Spam a lot was not one. I It's not part of the seven. I would say we're on okay. Broadway. So um, which four so did I, have I missed? Working Backwards, Shark is Broken, Beetlejuice, School of Rock, Matilda. <gasps> I might have seen you in that. You were the, the guy that likes TV. Uh, yes, I was the guy that screamed telly quite a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, before that, I was in a show called Big Fish. Okay. Uh, oh, another also, Tim Burton. Another I was going to say another movie. And also, another movie. movies also. It's all movies all the time with you. I know. And then it was uh, Wicked. And I think the other one you didn't get to see because it was only open for one night, which is an entirely other podcast, is called Glory Days. And um, that's based on the film glory it's based on the everyone thinks it's based on the bruce springsteen uh yeah film, but it's not it's it's just it was a very original story and it didn't it just didn't work out so our opening night was also our closing night wow yeah. well that know, really yeah. happens you've had both wow. you've had the super long run and the yeah. uh closing in one night so that's really uh, i'm very grateful for it all honestly yeah no it's a great it's a once if you can get past it and succeed like you have it's a it's a great experience to have had it's been very um, fun <laughs> you got to still be able as an actor you still got to be able to remember how awful it could be oh um, i do <laughs> 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 oh my god oh that, when you leave an audition room early in your career just the oh he has a nerve to call himself a brightman that's <laughs> yes, right well that's and that's me saying that to me what kind of, yeah that's yeah. rumbling right. to yourself yeah um all right so go see at the golden theater in yep. the heart of the broadway theater district go see shark is broken till does it have a closing date currently we're ticketed till november i want to say 17th or 19th i just can't remember the exact date but hopefully we are going to find out about extending soon but if not it's uh, mi just mid to end of november we're here all right. Well, I, everybody go as soon as you can, but I'm I'm uh, I'm hoping for an extension. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens if that, that's enough to make it happen. Uh, oh, yeah. Doug, <laughs> Doug Mellard, what do you want to plug, buddy? I'll be at the Velveeta Room in Austin, Texas tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. 
And next week in Austin at the South Austin Comedy Club on the 15th, next Friday. And then I'll be at the Vermont Comedy Club October 5th through the 7th, opening for Dan Cummins. And then I'll be opening for you in Austin at Cap City Comedy Club on October 24th, which is going to be awesome. Can't wait, dude. Alex Brightman's going to be in Austin? You are. <laughs> oh, me. Okay. Um, Specifically yeah. you. Yeah, I'm going to be there uh, in Austin for a couple nights and stand up in Douglas Movies. And I'm doing Douglas Movies and Movie Interruptions in Los Angeles. All of my dates and details are at douglasmovies.com. And it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you, Alex. I'm excited for your uh, success with this this Broadway show. Yet another successful Broadway show. You're in one show uh, that's successful, while another show that you were in uh, can't do because you can't be in two places at once. You should be like Michael J. Fox. You should have, uh, you know, made a deal where you run from one show to the other. Like, don't think I didn't he, try, and I don't. And I'm, not, made, and I'm, uh, I'm not saying that in any <laughs> uncertain terms. Trust me, we we tried. <laughs> you know, because he would run from Family Ties to Back to the Future, and he wouldn't sleep. He, didn't, he was on no sleep, which made sense for both of those characters because they were both pretty uh, ramped up all the time. Yeah, they did rub their eyes a lot. I think did notice that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you for uh, being here or there, and thank you. Uh, go see him, everybody. And uh, every show I give uh, the title of the episode is some sort of pun that relates in some way to the guest, mm-hmm. and uh, but also has the word Doug in it. So uh, as always, the Doug is broken. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.